The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Hello there and welcome to Grace in Focus from the Grace Evangelical Society. We are so happy that you are with us today. And we have a great question and answer coming up, something I've often wondered about. How do you explain a passage in the Bible that seems to indicate that repentance, in addition to believing, is necessary for eternal salvation? Well, Bob and Ken are going to talk about that today, and so you stay tuned. They'll be along just in a moment. First, before that, I want to tell you about our website, faithalone.org. It's a great place to go for resources, free grace resources. And right now, we're emphasizing our National Grace Evangelical Society Conference 2023, coming up in May, May the 22nd through the 25th. And here's Bob Wilkin to tell you something that he likes about the conference every year. Over the years, I've been to lots of conferences, conferences for Bible scholars, for churches, for various parachurch ministries. And one of the things I've found, there's a wide variety of teaching, and much of that teaching is not real sound biblically. And I come away going, I didn't really hear that many messages that challenge my thinking on the Word of God. That's one of the things I like about the Grace Evangelical Society Conference is it's Bible-centered. All right, so we hope that you will attend with us. Get on the website, faithalone.org, find the registration details, and get registered, faithalone.org. Now here's Bob and Ken with the question and answer of the day. Well, Ken, I have a question here from Mike, and I think it's a good question. He says... I believe John 3.16 and Ephesians 2.8 and 9 are clear that repentance is not a condition of salvation. We would all say amen to that. Right? Right. Because John 3.16 says, whoever believes in him won't perish as everlasting life. Right? Never, no mention of repentance. Right? Not there. Right. In fact, not in the whole Gospel of John. And Ephesians 2.8-9 says... For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the what? Gift of God. Doesn't mention repentance there either, right? And it's not of works, works, lest anyone should boast. So as a result, it's real clear there's no mention of repentance there. It's just by faith. And so then he asks, how do I explain all the passages that have repentance mentioned that seem to be talking about needing to repent in order to be saved? Now, let me say this was the topic of my doctoral dissertation at Dallas Seminary. And at the time, I thought there were 11 New Testament verses that said you have to repent to be saved. And I interpreted those 11 to mean you have to change your mind about Christ. Before you thought he was a good man or you thought he was somebody who could help you, Maybe if you followed him and you were faithful, you'd make it into the kingdom. But you needed to realize, no, he's the Savior. He's the one who gives you eternal life by believing in him. Yeah, because of what he did on the cross, all we have to do is believe in him and we have everlasting life. And so that's a change of mind. That was in 1983 to 85 I wrote that dissertation. In 97, 12 years later, I repented of my view of (laughs) repentance. That is, I changed my mind to the view of repentance. I came to see that all the 11 verses that Mike's asking about are dealing with something other than regeneration. For example, Luke 13, 3 and 5, Jesus says, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Well, if you look at the context, the word likewise is referring to the fact 
that there were a group of worshipers who Pilate killed, mixing their blood with their sacrifices. And so, likewise, perish means physically die. You'll die just like they die. Yeah, it doesn't mean perish like eternally condemned. And in the same way, he says there was this tower of Siloam that fell over, and 18 people were crushed to death. And so if you don't repent, you will all likewise perish. You're going to die physically. Maybe some of those 18 were believers. Maybe some of the worshipers that Pilate killed were believers, too. Absolutely. And so this has nothing to do with whether they are eternally saved or not. Exactly. And that's true with all 11. Now, that's two examples. Three more are found in Luke 15. You have the parable of the lost sheep. You have the parable of the lost coin. And you have the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. And in all three cases, repentance occurs, and there's joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. What people miss is that in all three cases, the person doing the repenting is a born-again person, not an unbeliever. In the first place, you've got a hundred sheep. They represent a hundred righteous people, and one strays. And the Lord goes and gets that one that is strayed, brings him back, and puts him back in the fold. And it says there's great joy in heaven over the one sinner who repented rather than 99 righteous persons who didn't need repentance. Well, the 99 people were already in the fold. They were already in fellowship with God. And this one strayed and came back to fellowship. Same thing with the coin. And the one sheep who strayed was still a sheep. He didn't become a sheep by coming back. And the coin was a coin before it strayed, after it strayed, and when it came back. And the son was a son of his father, before he left. That's why he got an inheritance. Right. He wasted his inheritance in the far country, but when he came back, he didn't become a son. He was restored to fellowship with his father. And when he's down in the mud with the pigs, he says, in my father's house, they have plenty to eat. So even then, he's like, I don't deserve it, but I'm still his son. So he wants to go back as a hired hand, and his father says, oh, no. Give him the robe, give him the ring, give him new sandals, and let's slay the fatted calf for him and have a big feast. Were you arguing that these were salvation verses? I did. I argued that the sheep that came back was someone who changed his mind about Christ and came to faith and was born again. The coin represented someone who changed his mind and came to faith. And the son, I argued when it says he came to his senses— it's equivalent to changing your mind about Christ. Well, that's so forced. That's not what any of those are talking about. And the same thing, Luke 13, 3 and 5, I argued that that was saying, you know, unless you repent, you're going to end up and be eternally condemned. The funny thing is, all that was fulfilled, Luke 13, 3 and 5, in 70 AD. Over a million Jews were killed. This is a great lesson for all of us. Bob just gave me an example in his life where he changed his mind about something. Right. When he looked at the scriptures and other people pointed out, have you thought about this? And you were willing to change your mind. Every one of us, if you're going to study the scriptures, you're going to have experiences like that. And you need to be open. Now, you don't want to be so open your brain falls out, (laughs) right? Uh, Zane Hodges was on my original board, 1987 to 1995. And then around 1990, I think it was January of 90, We had a board meeting, and Zane had just written a book called Absolutely Free, and he had a chapter on repentance, chapter 12, and he said repentance was not a condition of everlasting life. And all of the board members, except for me, were all saying, you need to pull that chapter, that's wrong. We all know repentance is required. 
And they were probably very similar to your dissertation, they right? They were. Yeah, like a change of mind. Right. Right. It took me seven years, but at the end of seven years, when I agreed with him, all 11 went away, one by one. You can read, I have an article on why I changed my mind on repentance. I think it's vitally important that we are open, and I came to see that none of these verses were teaching what I thought. I mean, obviously, if the only condition is faith in Christ, and repentance is a synonym for faith in Christ, then John would mention that in an evangelistic book. After all, John was the disciple of John the Baptist, who taught repentance. Well, let me give you one other example for Mike. Second Peter 3.9, God wishes that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Well, I remember I'm reading through my New Testament in Greek, and I came to Second Peter 3.9. The Greek word for perish is apolesthi, but it's from apolemy. And so I thought to myself, where else does Apollomy occur in First and Second Peter? Now, I had just read verses 6, 7, and 8, and I didn't remember <laughs> that the end of verse 6 uses the word Apollomy. I looked it up, and I noticed Apollomy occurs in verse 6. Just and, a few verses before it, right? And here's what it says. By which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. That's referring to Noah's flood. The world that then existed perished being flooded with water. That's not saying the world went to hell. It's saying all the animals and all the humans, they physically died. They drowned. And that word lost translates this word apollomy. Only about 8% of the time does apollomy refer to eternal condemnation. It does in John 3.16, but that's what confuses so many people. The reason why my board members were confused back in 1990. And the reason why I was confused from, say, 83 up until 97 about repentance was because of tradition. What did my board members say? Well, everybody knows you've got to repent to be saved. I mean, that every tradition says that. Right. So they said, we can't say that. Well, of course we can. If that's what the Bible teaches, I get a kick at it. So you ever heard of pastors, especially Baptist pastors, Southern Baptist pastors, I've heard them say, you ever heard this, Ken? Justification is by faith alone. Justification is by faith alone. Do you people get this? It's by faith alone. So if you repent and believe, you will be saved. Have you ever heard that? Oh, absolutely. We have a joke in our family where we hear these preachers, and for 42 minutes they'll say, by faith alone, by faith alone, by faith alone. And then in the last three minutes, it's now if you'll get up here and repent of your sins. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, we say it all the time, I just wish they would stop at minute number 42. <laughs> just, uh, just stop preaching right there. Right. Because they got a clear message up till then. Exactly. So I think, Mike, that it's important that we recognize there is no verse that says you need to repent to have everlasting life. There are verses like 2 Peter 3.9 that say you need to repent to be saved, but that salvation in 2 Peter 3.9 is referring to the tribulation when billions are going to die. On this issue, I think there's two main points. I know you'd agree with this. Number one is repentance always means turning from sin. Right. And then the not other, a change of mind not in a change, general. Right. It's a change of mind about sin. Right. And then the other thing is when it comes to why is there a need to repent? You got to look at the context. The right. contexts are different. So, my great question, but don't confuse repentance and belief. They're two separate things for two separate purposes. 
And remember, keep grace in focus. Zane Hodges' excellent commentary on Romans, entitled Romans Deliverance from Wrath, is available right now on our website, faithalone.org. Get half price through February 28, 2023, when you use the code word ROMANS. That's faithalone.org. Are you interested in finding other free grace believers just like yourself in your area? Well, you can do that by going to our website, faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On our website, we have a church tracker. It's an easy-to-use map that will help you locate those other free grace churches that might be in your area. So come visit us at the website and take advantage of our free church tracker. It's at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. There are a lot of costs involved in staying on the air. That's why we so much appreciate our financial partners. If you'd like to learn how to become one, you can find out more by going to faithalone.org. We would love to hear from you. Maybe you've got a question, comment, or some feedback. If you do, please don't hesitate to send us a message. Here's our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. And next time on Grace and Focus, how can our behavior not matter in regard to our eternal salvation? That's next time. Hope you're here. We'll be looking for you. This is the Grace Evangelical Society. Until next time, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.